Hello, it's Bernard Nomberg with the Nomberg Law Firm in Birmingham, Alabama. Thank you for stopping by the Nomberg Law Live podcast. I try to bring interesting conversations with people from their areas of expertise. Mobile, Alabama attorney Rod Kate is my guest this week. Rod has an interesting story about how he overcame a pretty devastating football related injury as a high schooler and how he has dealt with the condition and disabilities ever since. It has not slowed him down one bit. He's a successful trial lawyer for many, many years, and Rod has recently written a book that he's going to tell us about. This is a very inspirational story, and I truly am, am blessed to have met Rod and now call him my friend. Thank you, as always, for stopping by the Nomberg Law Live podcast. If you like this episode, please consider giving us a five-star rating and a review, and subscribing will ensure that you get each podcasts as they come out on a weekly basis. Thank you again. All right. Good morning. It's Bernard Nomberg with another weekly episode of Nomberg Law Live. And thank you guys for joining in. And as we do each week, I try to bring interesting conversations with people in their areas of expertise. And today I'm going to have an awesome conversation with Mobile Area Lawyer Rod Kate. Good morning, Rod. How you doing, my friend? Good, Bernard. Thanks for having me on the show. Absolutely my pleasure. Rod and I did not know each other until several weeks back. I saw that he had recently published a book, which I'm going to say is, I guess, your life story up to this point. And I appreciate you writing the book that you did, and we're going to get into the particulars in a few minutes, Rod. I know it wasn't a, an easy thing for you to do, but it was beautifully written. I read it a few weeks back. But before we get into your story and all of those things, tell, tell folks a little bit about yourself and your practice and who you are. Yeah, well, thank you, sure, Bernard. Um, so I've been practicing in, in Mobile, Alabama uh, since 1992, so it's hard to believe Jeez, it's been about 28 years now. Time goes by. But I, I specialize in medical malpractice defense. So I defend doctors. Um, that, that's primarily what I do. Uh, but I'll do, I do some other areas of the law, too. Um, you know, it's try, to, try, to stay, um, try to stay up on some, some other areas. It's, you know, sometimes when you focus just on one thing, it, it can get a little bit stale. So it's fun to, um, to do other things. Um, you know, I'm married, three kids. They're all grown. Youngest child's finishing up at Auburn. Looking forward to getting her out of school. And um, and so been li I've lived in Mobile since um, 1992. And Rod, you and I really have, we don't travel in the same legal circles either. I don't do the type of work you do and, and you don't do what I do, but I know some of your partners down there just in the work comp world. But where did you grow up? I know you're not a native to Alabama. No, I'm not. And I I grew up primarily in North Carolina, but we moved a lot when I was a kid. Um, I, I still call East Tennessee primarily my home because that's where both sides of grandparents were and both my mom, my mother and father grew up there, but um, lived there as a kid. But then from junior high on in North Carolina, I grew up in a town called King, North Carolina, which is just north of Winston-Salem. Um, and then from, um, from King, graduated from from South Stokes High School, which is in Stokes County, went to Davidson College, 
um, just north of Charlotte, and then went to the University of North Carolina, Chapel Hill for law school. Well, you have done some some traveling and now have settled in, in Mobile uh, for, for a while. Do you, do you consider Mobile to be home? Yeah, I, I do. Um, I, you know, I really lucked into coming down here, and I actually I put this in my book. The way I got down here was I was just in my first year of law school. I was in the kind of the career office looking for places to work for the summer to you know do a summer clerkship, and I'd never been to Mobile, didn't know, really even know where it was on the map. But I sent a letter to one of the defense firms down here. They wrote me back saying, you know, we'd like to interview you or fly you down. So I came down, worked here the first summer, and um, really have never looked back. I really enjoy living on the Gulf Coast of Alabama. Well, it's I enjoy my visits down there, Rod. And, and one thing I know we also have in common is our love of sports. We both played high school sports growing up. I know that you played multiple sports like I did. But you recently wrote a book entitled Get Back Up. And that's what led for us to get in touch. And if you want to show folks the, yeah. what, what so, the, the cover of it looks like, and, and let's so, talk about that. Yeah, so th that's the cover. Um, and I think I really like the cover of this book. I, I hired a local company, Hummingbird Ideas, to do this, and I thought they just hit it out of the park. I mean, that's just, I, I think that cover is spectacular because um, it really captures, you know, it, it's, a, it's a drawing, but it really looks like me is what's the, the way they did that. Uh, and, you know, stand on the mountain with the, the, the cane and a, you can tell there's a, a football at my feet. But I thought they did a great job with that. Uh, but, but you're right. So the, the book is about, you know, it's about my life. I guess you would call it a motivational memoir. Uh, when I was in high school, when I was 15 years old, I broke my neck playing football um, and was paralyzed from the neck down and was fortunate enough to, after a fairly long stay in the hospital, slash um, physical, you know, rehab facility, I, I was actually able to walk out of there. Um, I mean, it wasn't pretty. I was walking on those, uh, I don't know if you've seen those forearm crutches that, that, that people can use. And, uh, you know, but I was just, I was extremely lucky to be able to walk again. And, and, and so, you know, walked, walked out of there with the crutches, um, really, you know, kind of put my life back together um, you know, as as good as I could, and 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 just went on from there. And basically, I just I didn't let this injury really get in my way of anything. I you know I kept on pursuing my my goals in high school. Um, you know, wanted to be a lawyer. You know, did all that. Have been practicing now. And so you know, my goal was basically to live a normal life. You know, not a normal life for a physically disabled or handicapped person, but just a normal life. And, and that's what I've been able to do. Well, Rod, let, let's go back to high school and that time period when you when you were injured. How old were you? What, what grade was this? Yeah, I was only 15 years old. I, I was a I was a rising sophomore. And what ha what happened was so I'm coming in from junior high. Junior high was seven, eight and ninth grade. And. I was I was the quarterback on my junior high football team. Um, so making the jump to high school, we had um, what was what we call it. It was called football camp. All the guys that were going to play football lived at the high school for a week. This is before school started. Um, and so we did three a day practices. You get up in the morning and practice in full pads. 
at, at lunchtime you worked on special teams, and then in the evening you practiced again in full pads. And only two of us made the varsity team. I was one, and, and a friend of mine also did. Um, I was not the st starting quarterback by the end of camp, but I was the starting free safety on defense. And what we did was we had the uh, inter-squad scrimmage, you know, all in full uniform. The, the town comes, you know, under the lights. This is the first time I'm in, I'm in, the, I'm in the big stadium under the lights, kind of jacked up, and was you – know, we started the, the starting defense, started you – it know, was on the field first against kind of a – makeshift offense because back, back then you know the, the best players played both ways and so probably 80 percent of the defense played on offense and so i was playing free safety uh pass came over the middle i saw that i couldn't intercept the ball so i was gonna hit the guy as hard as i could to make sure he didn't catch it which i did i was very successful at that um unfortunately when i did it i lowered my head too much and when i hit the guy I hit this guy, and he was about probably about 260, 270. Back then, I was, man, I may have been 150, you know, only 15 years old. And I, when I hit him, you know, it's um, automatically I knew something was bad, wrong, because I hit, I spun around, I was face down with my with my head kind of a little bit to the right, so and my arm was, I was face down with my arms up like this, and I looked at my right arm, and, and it looked like it wasn't even – I mean, it looked like it was so far away from me, and I tried, I did the, you know, the normal, you try to get up, and when I did that, I watched my right arm just roll over. I couldn't, I couldn't feel it happen, and I, there must have been, I guess, some, some nerves left in there, because after that, then that, that, that was it. And what was, Rod, what was your understanding of what your injury was? What did you I, I crushed the fourth and fifth cervical vertebrae in my which caused extensive spinal cord damage, very, very bad bruising. Now, had my spinal cord been severed, I'd have been done. I mean, there was, you know, there, there's no coming back from that. Um, and, but so it was bruised really bad. And so when, it, when the spinal cord bruises, it swells. And so that's where, so I, that's why I had absolutely no movement at all. So they take me down to Baptist Hospital in Winston-Salem that night, I have surgery on my neck that night where they fused the vertebrae in my neck um, to, you know, stabilize my neck. And then about, it was about three weeks to a month, sitting there, no movement at all. And then one day I was, I, you know, I looked down at my, my feet um, and I, I just, you know, tried to, you know, tried to move my, my foot, my left foot and the second toe or next to my pinky toe on my left foot, actually moved just a little bit. And um, that was kind of a big day for me. And, and, and it's, it's odd that after that, slowly things started coming back. The sensation came back a little bit, um, movement. And, and it's weird how the movement came from the feet up. I was able to move my feet and legs uh, shoulders. Um, the last thing that I had any movement in was, was my hands. Um, couldn't move my hands or fingers probably for another week after I first could move my, my feet. Rod, how long were you out of school and, and normal life activities before you were able to resume some sense of normalcy? Yeah, it was three and a half months. So this happened August, let's see, so 
let me make sure I get it right. On the, it's on the back of my book, August 14, 1981. And so my first day back at school was the Monday after the Thanksgiving holiday. So end of November, so September, October. So it was, a, it was a good full three months, three and a half months before I go back to school. And, and that was actually, that Monday was the first day I actually stepped on the, my high school campus as an actual student. You know, I've been up there in football camp, but that's the first time I was, you know, I'm, I'm there ready to be a student again. So you're 15, going on 16, you're just now getting back to campus. Are you um, in a wheelchair still at that point or had you begun to, to walk something? No, no, I never walked. <laughs> I walked out of the rehab facility and was never in a wheelchair again. Um, you know, I, 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 my first steps on campus at high school were with the, the crutches. And, you know, I improved fairly rapidly too. I went from crutch, from two crutches to one crutch. Um, and then I, I, you know, for most of my high school, I didn't use any assistance at all to walk with. Um, you know, my balance was okay, but, you know, it just, the gait wasn't pretty. I mean, it's, they call it having spasticity, which, you know, you've got, I think, I think what happens is the, 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 the nerve impulse goes from your brain to your muscle, and it either goes too fast or too slow. I can't remember which it is, but it's, so it just makes, makes it, you do not have a fluid gait. That's, you know, it's, it's hard to, like, you know, hard to pick up your, for me, it was harder to pick up my left foot than my right. Um, and so, you know, it really, um, you know, I was talking about this the other night, you know, one of the horrible things about this was I was no longer able to be an athlete because that, I mean, all my life I was an athlete, but it really, it, it takes a lot of athletic ability to actually walk and function, you know, with this disability. I was just getting ready to, to comment or to ask you, you still have the mindset of an athlete, but your field of competition, if you will, has now shifted to a whole new game, is the way that I'm in hearing this. And you go from competing on the field, to take us to the mindset of that athlete's mentality of what you're now trying to accomplish. And reaching well, and, and you probably you know this too Bernard it's 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 the competitiveness I, I think it is with when you when you grow up in athletic competition you know you always are striving to do your best you're always striving to win and so now you take that competitiveness from being an athlete you know growing up and playing sports you know you take it to the courtroom um, you know you, you're trying to do the best for your client of course but part of it, or at least for me, a lot of it is, you know, I just don't want to lose. You know, I, I, I want to win. And, and then you know how it is in, you know, in with being a lawyer, you know, sometimes you just don't have the best facts in your case. And as competitive as you are and as much as you want to win, sometimes, you know, you, you, just, have the, you just have the downside of it and you don't. Um, but it is, but it, that, that, that competitive spirit, it, it's just, you know, that's it, part of what you do. You know, it's just, it, it's, the, it's the desire to, to compete, um, and not only in the courtroom, but, I mean, it, you, you do it all, you know, deposition, whatever, whatever you're in. It's just, um, 
you know, it's, it's the desire to come out on top. Well, Rod, it's it's clear from anybody who has just gotten to know you, read your book, know anything about you, you kept that competitive fire through your rehab. You graduated high school, went on to college, law school. Now you've been a practicing attorney for more than 25 years, and you're in the courtroom. You're not just sitting behind a desk and writing opinions and researching. You're actually in the courtroom. And from the outside observer, you didn't let what happened to you as a 15-year-old control the rest of your life. You've gone and, and tried to have this sense of normalcy, albeit a, a little bit different sense of normalcy from the average person who didn't go through with this. But I want you to take us through that, how you develop strategies, your mindset of, hey, I'm going to, to graduate high school and go on and to, to law school and those kind of things. Because it would be very, very easy to just fall into a deep depression. My life is over. I'm not going to be able to do things. Yeah, you know, and it's it's odd that you know I, I never I never really got depressed or down about this, and, and it may have been because of my age. Like when you're 15 years old, I don't think the 15 year old brain could can really process the magnitude of what happened. I think had this happened when I say I was 30 years old and was maybe in a car wreck or something, um, you know, I, I, well, I still don't think I would have folded up and, and not done, but, but, but it, it, it is a different, it, it's a different, um, kind of a different animal when it happens so young. And, you know, I'm just starting, I'm just starting out. Uh, I'm just coming into high school, coming in, you know, I, I, this was going to be big for me. Um, and then, bam, it's over just like that as far as the athletics go. But but I never really um, I never really got into like the thinking, okay, now this has happened, all right, now what am I gonna do? It was really just, this is who I am, this is who, who I've always been, and I'm gonna continue my life just the way I've always, you know, I've, I've always, you know, gone through my life. You know, and I think a lot of it, I you know, have to give my parents a lot of credit. They, you know, they, just in growing up, we were always, um, you know, always encouraged, um, you know, to, to do do things, encouraged to do well. Um, and, and also, I think having success, early success in athletics um, and in the classroom, um, it, you, you get a self-confidence. And when I had this bad injury, my self-confidence just didn't go away. It's it, it's and 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 maybe maybe it should have I don't know <laughs> but but it's but I but I've retained it and I retained it through um, you know going through high school and then you know going off to college you know and it's you know it's one thing it was going through high school was a lot was easy because everybody in town and everybody around me knew what happened so there weren't any you know I'm walking around and you know people say oh yeah there, there's rock. Well, you know, I'm off to college. That's the first time I'm leaving the kind of comfortable environment of where people, you know, know me, know what happened to me. Um, and so that was um, that was a bit of a change. But but even that wasn't and that wasn't traumatic for me either. It, it's just amazing. I mean, I've just kept going. I've I, I didn't I, I've never even thought of myself as a disabled person or a handicapped person. You know, it's just like, OK, I can't play sports anymore. I don't walk normal anymore, but I mean, really, nothing else in my life 
I've just not allowed that to to have an effect on 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 what I do or, or what I've wanted to accomplish. And it, it's clearly evident just by this conversation right here. And for those of you just joining us, we've got Mobile area attorney Rod Kate, and Rod and I are talking about he was in he had a really tough spinal cord injury playing football when he was 15, but he has not let that slow him down at all. And Rod, I want to kind of shift the talk a little bit. I'm sure over the past 20 to 30 years, you've had parents have discussions with you about whether they should allow their son or their daughter to play certain sports and the fear of injury. And how do you address that with parents? What do you tell them? Well, you know, my my kids played football growing up in, in the little leagues and but they didn't. They didn't play in, in, when they got older. But I, I mean, I would not have. Uh, I, mean, I, I did not forbid them from playing. Um, I, but I tell you, I would not have. They played because they wanted to play. One thing I would have never done is forced them to play because had I forced them to play and something bad happened, then then I would have felt bad. But but what I tell other parents that ask me, I say, look. The odds of something like this happening are so small that um, you know just and I think I think nowadays tackling techniques have and coaching has become a lot better. You know, not that I had bad coaches back when this happened, um, but there's that more of an emphasis now on basically seeing what you hit when you tackle and and you and all the penalties you get for the you know the targeting type stuff. So that so there's a there's a um, a big emphasis in the game to not lower your head, you know, and it's not and when this happened to me, it's not like I was intentionally trying to fear the guy, but it, it's, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's just a natural reaction, you know, to, to lower your head to hit somebody. Well, look, but, look at the, the championship game from last night, the middle linebacker from Clemson, a phenomenal player had been mixed up in most of those plays, making, making great defensive plays. Middle of the third quarter, he goes to make a tough tackle on a slant across the middle, but his head, the, he led with the crown, he got ejected from the game for, for targeting. And, yeah. and, and they don't teach that, of course. They teach with the head up and, and being able to see what you hit. But you're right. Over the last 30, 40, 50 years, not only has the equipment gotten so much better, but the techniques have gotten so much better. And I think it helps parents to make decisions. Also, you know, Rod, from last night, um, Nolan Turner, one of the safeties for Clemson. His dad was Kevin Turner, who played at Alabama and played in the pros and was a teammate of Dabo Sweeney at Alabama. But And that's a very public story about Kevin, the dad, allowing his son Nolan to play football despite the dad's uh, football-related medical conditions that ended up uh, shortening his life. And it's, but I, I was going to say, I know you know of those situations, but those two just came up from last night. Right. Well, and, and you know, the decision to let your children play football, it, I wouldn't base it on the the potential to have a spinal cord injury. You know, there's a lot, there's a lot more injuries that happen. You know, knees, um, concussions, that kind, that kind of stuff. So if you're if you're weighing whether to let your kids play, I, I wouldn't. I, I would not put potential spinal cord injury it really in there to, to as far as a factor. 
Yeah, I think it really is such a small percentage of the game, but it becomes so um, much a part of what we hear and see because of the type of injury, uh, and it becomes a very public point of discussion, which I think is good, even though the athletes are getting bigger and faster and stronger with every generation, the equipment is improving. They're doing tons of studies they've never done. Um, but I think you're, you're, you're right. I think that, that your mindset, that positive mental mindset and that uh, self-confidence uh, clearly shows in how you've treated life. And, and particularly if you've allowed your sons to play uh, I don't think that one particular incident should should may it be a determining factor, I guess, is the best way to, to put it. Um, right, I want to want to shift gears again a little bit and we're, we're getting closer to the end of our our conversation. I certainly appreciate your time. And for any of you who are watching us now or watch us on replay, if you have comments, questions, concerns, just put them in the comments section. We'll make sure that Rod uh, gets them. I want to welcome my mom, Ruth. I want to welcome uh, Jimmy up in, in St. Louis area. Got a couple of folks watching live, Rod. Um, the, the, where I want to shift now is as, as you've gone, gone through the different phases of your life, different milestones and, and getting married and, and having a, a, a successful legal career and those things, you haven't allowed other things in your life to be slowed down either. You still get out and you travel and you visit and you do. But because the fact that you don't ambulate, ambulate the same way, your gait is different and you have to deal with things, how have you built that into your daily life of being able to accomplish all that you want? What are those things that you have to do now? Well, um, and I'll, I'll tell you this, Bernard, the, I have noticed as I'm 53 now, and to, well, at least to me, to me, there's been a noticeable, um, I, don't know, I think deterioration may be too strong of a word, but certainly a slowing down. Walking it seems to be harder than it was, say, 15, 20 years ago. And, that, and I think that may just be because, you know, we're getting older. When you get older, things get tougher. But, so, but what I do is I work out every day. I, I, I go to my local gym. I get up at 430 in the morning, so I'm there by 5, work out for an hour. Um, and really, and try to do it seven days a week. Although on the weekends I may not get up, may not get up at four thirty, but so I'll maybe sleep into five or five thirty. But um, and I just I, that's really that's one of the most enjoyable parts of my day is exercising. And I'll get on the elliptical machine so I can you know simulate you know kind of running, and that's how I do my kind of my leg exercising is on that, um, and that you know get gets my gets my legs going. It's you know, that's one thing I need to do. I, I need to get going in the morning. So when I'm, say if I'm out of town um, when I, and I don't have a chance to work out and so I'm going to a deposition or going to a meeting and I've got to leave my hotel room and just, you know, you know, get out front, get an Uber, get a cab or whatever to where I'm going. I call that, that first walk of the day is always the most difficult part of my day because I kind of, you got to get going. And if I don't have the chance to work out, haven't you know? I'm just kind of stiff, and and like traveling along, sitting on an airplane, you know, it can it can make you stiff. So what I try to do is, you know, I, I try to work out every day, um, and just keep going. I don't, I, you know, if I, I'll go to the grocery store with my wife. We'll go to the grocery store, and I'll, you know, I'll I'll push the buggy, and it's just 
it's good exercise going up and down the aisles. And it's, 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 I've got to kind of remind myself to keep going. Cause you know, sometimes like when I'm in the office all day, and I'm sitting in this chair and I, I've got to remind myself, you know, get up every 30 minutes, you know, do some knee bends, do, you know, walk around the hall, do, do something just to keep going. But it, it's all about, you got to keep moving. And, and it's not just in this, but it's, it's in your whole life. You just got to keep moving. You got to keep going forward or you just, you know, you're going to stand still. It's not what, not where you want to go. Right. I think that's such a sage advice. Father time catches up with everybody. And, and I'm dealing with a little bit of what I call OMD, old man disease. If I play too much basketball in a period of time, I can feel it in one of my ankles. There's some tendonitis there. So you got to find something else to do. You got to take care of yourself. And clearly, you being 53 years of age, you did this 38 years ago. And you're as in, in good a shape as you are. It sounds like you're doing the right thing. So I applaud, I applaud what you've done and what it sounds like you're going to be doing uh, going forward into the future. Yeah, well, it's it's all about moving forward because I mean, uh, you know, uh, and you think about it. Okay, in ten more years, okay, I'm going to be sixty-three. What's it going to be like? You know, when I'm sixty-three, you know, at some po some point it's going to be well the you know the cane's going to have to go to a you know one of those walkers with the tennis ball that rolls as the tennis balls on the bottom of it or something you know and at some point a scooter but the thing is though you've got to push that off as far as possible you know i, I mean i went i mean i walk with a cane now and about two years ago i i just needed a cane where i, I, I bought new you know cane tips that have like a four prongs on them then the one just just for more balance, and I put that off as long as possible. But I did; I've done that. But that's what I've been doing for them. But I'm really going to put off the whole Walker thing as far as <laughs> far in the future as I can. And I don't see it. I don't see the Walker anytime soon. Well, I know one another thing that you and I uh, share, and that's the love of college football. And this is a little depressing to say. Uh, there's 235 days until the next college football weekend. <laughs> but, Rod, I hope our paths cross again way before 235 days uh, pass. Yeah. But I sure appreciate your time today. Oh, it's been my pleasure. And Bernard, I'm so glad you reached out to me a month or so ago when you did. It's been great you know, meeting you. And this has been a fantastic experience being on your show. Well, very good. I put in the comments section the Amazon link to get back up. Uh, to get the book if anybody's interested in reading uh, Rod's story. Um, guys, as, as always, thank you for tuning in to Nomberg Law Live on Tuesdays at 10. As we did today, an interesting conversation with a man in his areas of expertise, Rod Kate. Thank you again, Rod, and I, I hope you have a great rest of your week, my friend. Okay, Bernard, thanks so much.